Amen. All right, so at this time, if you've got kids and they need to leave and go somewhere else and have a children's church, we've got stuff for them. Hopefully you guys all got that. If you need to say hi to the person you're sitting next to and have your two minutes, if that's one of the things you need to do, you go right ahead. Or if you've just got something better to listen to than me, you feel free because you're in your own home and you can do what you want. Um, this is all just a little strange, you know, a little weird for me. You know, I'm used to coming in in the mornings and getting here super early and, and you know, just having some time to, to gather things and, and, you know, make sure the chairs are in the right place. And, you know, now there's no chairs. And I'm used to then seeing, like, Nate and LG greet people. You know, this morning I was greeted by Wes. It's just, it's just, not, it's just not quite the same. Used to getting a cup of coffee. There's no coffee. And so just to say, it has all been um, a little weird, a little um, strange, and I am assuming that everybody else's life has been um, quite the same. If you want to follow along on version, I, I sent an outline on version. So if you want to follow along on version, um, it's actually not going to do you any good. Um, I'm, I'm very sorry, Renee. I think she's right there. Sorry, Renee. Um, I, I just want to share something a little different than I had planned. I, I really feel like um, after, after meeting with the elders, we, we really talked about the need um, in our body um, for just continual encouragement. And one of the exciting things that's been happening is as I have called people and I have talked to people to check on people, um, I am by far not the first person that has called them. Uh, I'm usually like number five or number six, that, that people are calling each other, people are checking on each other, people are, are, are making sure that everybody's needs are met. And one of the things we have just continually felt like we need to stress is, is doing that for one another, to bring encouragement to one another, to, to, to stand with each other, to stand for each other where people can't stand, to, to meet those needs that we have. And so this morning, instead of, of sharing my original Palm Sunday message, I'm going to share with you out of Joshua. So if you don't know the Palm, mes- Palm Sunday message, you can find it in Matthew 21. It talks about Jesus riding in on his noble steed and, and, and all the people just shouting, Hosanna, God save us. It's an incredible story. I want to encourage you to read that, and I hope you do. But this morning, I just want to talk to you just for a few minutes out of Joshua chapter 4. And it's been kind of heavy on my heart, which I should have paid attention to earlier in the week, and then your outline would have been great, um, but sometimes I, I, I tend to not pay attention, and then, you know, I catch up a little later. So I'm all caught up, and we're ready to go. So if you don't know the story of Joshua and the Israelites, it really is chapter 4. You know, they're crossing. They're getting ready to cross the Jordan, and, and, and the main things that I want you to understand is the first thing they, they do is they hold tight to the presence of the Lord. They're holding tight to the presence of the Lord. It says they, that they have to go. They can't go anywhere without the Ark of the Covenant. They've got to walk with the ark. And when they begin to step into the water, it says, you take that ark first. And the thing that I've realized in all of this that's been going on is that the most important thing in my life that I need to hold on to is the presence of God. And I, I, I don't know about you, but one thing that this quarantine and this crisis has done for me is it's revealed a lot of things about myself. Things that, that I, I probably know were there, but were, I was able to kind of keep them in check and now they have come out a little bit. One of those things is, is um, what my children need from me. You know, I've, one thing that hasn't changed real quick is my perception of, of, of homeschooling. Yeah, I've always assumed that if, if the world depended on me homeschooling my children, 
the world would be in a world of hurt. And after three weeks, I'm more confident than ever that that is true. But what I've realized in the midst of this is that as their teacher, sometimes I lose my cool. It's mostly their fault. You know, they've, you know, they've just popped off or, or something like that. But I've realized in the midst of some of this is that I have some anxiety that's built up that I didn't even really know w- was there. I'm not a terribly um, anxious person. I get a little excited, and I, I have a lot of nervous energy. That's what I thought it was. But I've realized sometimes in the midst of all this that, that I have a little anxiousness. The other day, I was pacing around the house for no reason. There was just we, we were just awake, and the kids were working on school, and I was trying to help, and I was literally walking back and forth through the house, and I wasn't being very helpful um, and until I figured out why I was pacing. And, and then I stopped and then thought, well, what do I do now? And I realized that my kids need me to be at peace. My kids need me to be in the presence of the Lord. My kids need me to commune with him so that they have peace. Because I set the tone for the household. I've realized the same for my wife. There's been once or twice where I've snapped at her again. Okay, that's probably my fault. That's not her fault. And I've realized that if, if my norm is messed up, my norm of, of getting up in the morning and, and doing the certain things and going to work and doing work the same way and, and coming home and, and doing dinner the same way and our night routine the same way, when my norm is drastically messed up like everybody else's, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in, uh, even if you still get to go to work, things are not the same. And I realized what I was counting on most of all in my life was some of that norm. What I was relying on for some of my peace and some of my stability was my norm. And, and, and the Lord just began to speak to me that the thing I need to hang on to is the presence of God, not the norm. When, when Joshua and the Israelites were getting ready, it wasn't talking about hold on to your routines. In fact, it was saying you're going somewhere you've never gone before and, and you're not going to know the way and I'm going to tell you. But what they held on to was the one, always, consistent, constant. And that's the presence of the Lord. And I realized in this, I'm doing a number of things, and I want to encourage you in what I've done um, and, and, and how I was doing things and what I'm trying to change. I just want to encourage you this morning to do the same. So one of the, actually, this is in the outline. I'm very excited. One of the things that uh, God keeps reminding me of is, is Psalm 121. Jenny Eskew shared about it a, a number of weeks ago, and it, it talks about where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. This is something that, that God has just been reminding me the whole time. Because often I, during this thing, I'll, I'll turn on, you know, the, the president's speech or the governor's speech, and, and I'm looking for hope. I'm looking for some good news. I am looking for help. And I realize that when I don't get it, because I don't know if you've watched any of those, but so far none of them have been really helpful. Like they're not moving us. You know, they're telling us what we need to do and keep us safe and all that kind of stuff, but they're not like saying, hey, this is going to be over tomorrow. And don't worry, everything's going to be back to normal. And God is telling us, and he's reminding us, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. My, your help, my help, it comes from him and nowhere else. It doesn't come from the stimulus check, and it doesn't come from, from Trump, and it doesn't come from Cooper. It doesn't come from anywhere else but the Lord. And if we begin to look in other places, your peace will leave you. Your joy will leave you. Anxiety, depression, loneliness, all those things will creep up in your life. Because we've lost the focus of what God really wants to do. He wants us in his presence. He wants us to look for him in those answers. 
And the neat thing is that, that God's really been showing me is now, more than ever, you have time. You have time. I made the mistake. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake, but I was meeting with a couple of guys, and I was I was super excited about Lent this year, and I was I was really excited about drawing close to the Lord. And, and I told him, I said, I want to experience the Lord um, in this in this season uh, more than I ever have before, in a different way than I have before, in a deeper way that I have have before. And and I was adamant. I felt God was drawing me closer, and so I was really excited. And then all this. Corona stuff hit and all this quarantine stuff hit. And my immediate response was, wait a second, this is not what I was meaning by drawing close. And the Lord really, he, he really, the Holy Spirit just kind of whispered to me. He said, I, I want your time. I, I want your time. You know, uh, many of you, and, and I know I have been, and I'm sure many of you have, we're looking for the end. We're, we're focused on when does this get over, when is when is this all done? When can I leave my house and, and go to the restaurant? When can I go to the ball games? When can I go to wherever it is that I, I, I don't get to go? When can I safely hang out with my friends or my family even? When can I do all this? And we're focusing on the end. And I just want to encourage you. I think God wants to do something in the now. He wants to take what is crazy in your life. He wants to take all this, and he wants to do something in your life now. We're always really bad about wanting the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And I'm not saying I don't want coronavirus to be over. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not really excited about the day that I can do all those things that, that I long to do. But what I am saying is if we're focused on that and, and we push towards that, you might miss what God wants to do in your life now. I believe God wants, for me, he wants to, me to begin to understand what true peace is in my life. He wants me to begin to understand how do I not just carry peace, but that I carry peace to my kids, and I carry peace to my wife, and I carry peace to my neighbors, and I carry peace to those around me who, who are terrified, and they're scared, and they're worried about, about these things. For you, it might be anxiety. For you, it might be depression. It might be loneliness. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's trust. And really, all of it does boil down to trusting him. And so in those moments when you're anxious or, or you're feeling lonely or feeling depressed, that is the time to draw near to him. Hebrews tells us that we have a God that has suffered like us and has experienced everything else like us and that we have the opportunity to draw into his presence of grace and receive mercy and grace. Because every time we begin to feel anxious or lonely or depressed, or we need grace. When I start feeling anxious and I'm not losing my peace, I need a lot of grace because, you know, I've just shouted at my kid you know, to get off the back of the couch again, all those kinds of things that happen. And God wants to bring that peace. He wants to bring that grace. He wants to bring that joy. He wants to fill you with his love in a way that has never happened before. But if you're worried and focused more about this finishing, you might miss the incredible things that God wants to do in this time. You know, Jesus got away all the time and was by himself all the time. And what I mean is by himself is he was not with other men or women. He was with God. And in those times, God prepared him for something. When he's in the wilderness, God prepared him for ministry. When he's in Gethsemane, God prepared him for the cross. He was playing, uh, praying with and to him, and he was digging deep. When he hurt the most, he didn't seek the norm. He didn't seek the routines. He sought his father. You know, the truth is, I mean, what is normal? You know, I don't know. I've, I've never known what normal is. But one thing I do know for sure, or, or I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain, 
things probably won't return to the way they were before this. And so if we're waiting for that routine, then you're going to miss God in, in, in this time. Because I really do believe God wants to set you free. I believe that God wants to heal you. I believe that God wants to do things in this time. I also believe that an end is coming. I believe this is one of those moments in the history of, of the world that we will remember for forever. It'll be the way we tell stories. It'll be the way we count time. It'll be this is what life was before, and this is what life was after. And God really, this is when God really began to quicken this to my heart and, and, and things changed. In this passage in Joshua 4, what happens after they cross the, the river is Joshua goes to all the, the leaders and he tells them to put to each leader of, of each tribe, the 12 tribes, he tells them to grab a stone, to grab a big old stone and, and to put it by the river. And it's, it's meant to be a sign, it says, to the Israelites for forever. Of the, really, it's meant to tell so that when somebody asks, says when the generations ask, you can tell of what God did here, that he stopped the waters of the Jordan and that, that we were able to cross through. And I, I immediately pictured myself getting a huge boulder, and, I, and I, I'm really serious, getting a huge boulder when this is done and throwing it right in the front of my yard. It's also the first time my wife has heard about it. So it's always safe to do that because there's no way, you know, what are you going to do? And hope, and this is, this is my hope, that, that when people come by and ask, they can say, what is, what is that? That I can say, <clears throat> let me tell you, this is when the coronavirus hit. Let me tell you about the goodness of God in my life during that time. That time when I couldn't leave my house, that time when I couldn't leave my street. Let me tell you about what God did in my life. I want my kids to, to walk through this time and, and be able to point out to their friends, here's this rock. My dad put it there. Yes, I don't know why. He's a little strange. But let me tell you about what happened in our family. Let me tell you about how, how we spent time together and how we deepened our relationship with one another and how we deepened our relationship with the Lord and how we helped one another and, and what God did, the goodness of God in our life. I believe that this is one of those times for me and for you, for our church, for our city, for our country, and for the world to testify to the goodness because I do believe there's going to come a time where God stops the waters and we walk through and we are going to have the opportunity to testify. We're going to have the opportunity to say, this is what God did for me. And I want to encourage you, you know, as long as you don't have a really strict HOA, and I am super serious, I, I feel like this is just a word, and, and gosh, maybe it's just for me, but I'm going to tell you what, I, to put that out a, a, as a living testimony so people can say, because no, nobody's going to say if, you know, if you just got a little pebble in your yard, they're probably just going to pick it up and move it. But you got a big old rock, somebody's going to say, why do, you, why do you have that? And can you imagine them coming by your house and say, why do you have that? What's going on? And you can say, let me tell you about the goodness of God in the midst of one of the worst things that's ever happened to me. In the midst of one of the toughest times in our country and the toughest times in, in our nation. Let me tell you about what God did. That is what Joshua did. That is what the tribes did. They held on to the presence of God. No matter what was going on in the raging water, they held on to the presence of God. They let God mold them and shape them, and, and, and then they testified to what God did. And I'm praying that you will take the time while you have the time, while the things are crazy, to press into him. If, 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 if you're anxious, press into him and pray. If you're lonely, press in to him and pray. If you're depressed, press in. Call somebody. 
Call somebody in our church. Call somebody that you know loves Jesus. Don't wait for somebody to call you. Call somebody because you're not the only person that's struggling in all this. I, I'd be willing to bet every single person in our church and every single person in the city is struggling in some way with this. But God is good. God is still moving. God is still allowed off the street. God is not quarantined. The Holy Spirit is not held up. The Holy Spirit still desires to move in you and to move in me. And then testify to the goodness of God. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you and praise you. You are good. I thank you and praise you that you love us. Lord, I thank you and praise you that in the midst of this, you are still moving, you are still alive, and you are still good. Lord, I just pray that we would understand the fullness of who you are in the midst of all this. Lord, I pray for the opportunities to testify about your goodness in our lives. Lord, I pray for each and every person, Lord, that they press in to you, that they would take the time and, and they would put down whatever it is they're filling their day with, Lord, and they would press in to you. And we just thank you and praise you for who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.